cool um let's do our intro as we always do and uh, at some point you're going to say and i'm neelak and at some point i line it up and at some point i'm going to say my name is aman and i'm going to explain what the podcast is about and our podcast is about tech news gaming news and games it's the rookie numbers podcast everyone this was the intro welcome back so this welcome back is going to be used for our sync thank you now <laughs> we have very good news this week for you and the main news is oculus is dying out as a brand oh wait no see we discussed this we we do not discuss the death of companies in such happy moods damn it it is disrespectful to the company fortnite is dying on apple wait what see let's let's not meme too much we finally have updates on fortnite that will make us stop talking about them this week and i'm really happy about that yeah no more fortnite please i hate epic as it is and i'm not a big fan of apple either so okay fort uh, there was finally a judgment on the epic versus apple lawsuit and the lawsuit basically stated in simple words even if, if put simply that um apple can block out uh, fortnite if they want to but they shouldn't be uh, but they've been told to not block uh, unreal engine on their platforms and uh, epic has then announced that they will be holding off any updates and any developments to fortnite on ios and they will be basically cutting it off from the rest of the game now uh, the entirety of this thing has come to a standstill the entirety of the battle has come to a standstill to the point where if apple budges and makes a change to their uh, to the system that they have provided to epic uh, crossplay will be enabled again if epic comes back to the terms that apple talked about again we will have normalcy again but until then this is probably going to continue and stay a less interesting battle i guess i mean another thing that apple did was apple has blocked every single developer account that epic had so that's another thing to keep note of that's partially because they don't want to de- like they did admit they aren't going to develop more on fortnite because well under like they aren't making money on that which is fair but i feel they're going to lose out a lot of money on maintaining different servers for apple itself but anyway let's not delve too much into this i feel we've gone we've gone way too much into this we've debated about this and are before this podcast before this recording yeah and it, it does not end honestly it does not end there are two giants going at each other one can hope for a communal benefit but yeah. might then nothing might happen right now i think we can all we can do is just wait and watch and see what happens rather than discuss it more so guess that's what we'll do indeed so um, on to the next topic that we have for yes. this week is that oculus sadly is dying out as a brand so when as we did speak about last week facebook is going to require oculus members to have a facebook account starting in 2 years which is going to be compulsory and uh, now we have got even more news that oculus connect which was their platform when they announced new games and stuff is going to be is going to be renamed as facebook connect and okay, the arvr research division with oculus had is going to be renamed to facebook reality labs i think we all saw this coming at some point right we all saw it coming that if oculus getting acquired by facebook at some point it will there will be a merger there will be some exchange of assets right i mean there is a there's a difference between having a merger and a complete like acquirance but when you buy a company isn't that what you do 
yes 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 that is completely true but we were hoping that every like even face like the person in charge of oculus had admitted that they aren't going to be a complete sellout to facebook which That's is true. where everybody's gripe is they had they had said that they aren't going to compulsorily require a facebook login or whatever but now they have changed so in fact i think palmer lucky the guy who uh, made those claims about oculus being yeah. its own thing uh back in 2016 uh he came out and said very recently that all the media houses and publishers are going crazy on me and they're telling me that you broke a promise did that whatever and all he said was i only said the truth from what i knew back in the deal like from the deal back then and clearly the terms of the deal has changed and i'm not there anymore so what he's trying to say is that they did agree upon it back then and they just went back on it now I mean I feel he's trying to take off the like crap that he's getting for himself and shift it on to Facebook but I won't Because be surprised sounds... I won't be surprised but... if they actually made a deal that says that, yeah we won't touch your touch your assets at all and then Yeah I'm not surprised at all but then I feel this to be a very bad move as a bad PR move because at this point he's literally saying it's nothing that I could have done but I'm pretty sure eventually he's just playing for big money at this point he knows that if he sells out to Facebook like he will definitely get more buyers because of well facebook's big name as we, as we had this discussion before if a year down the line you see a facebook rift on a shelf and beside that you see an oculus rift which one does your parent get you that's fair i mean of course uh, because there is because it's a more famous brand than an oculus because uh, it does become uh, more ubiquitous like you don't have to do as much teaching as you used to do earlier uh but what i understand from here is um pamalucky does not work with oculus anymore if i'm not wrong i think he works on a different project entirely um i could be wrong so don't quote me on that but he i don't think he's as associated into the project where he has a stake because if he was a stakeholder in this program right now at the moment i am very sure he wouldn't have made a statement that says i didn't do shit facebook was the one who went back on their deal I'm very sure that if he was a stakeholder right now, Facebook would never let him say something like that, right? I mean, he still is the founder. I I don't think he like sold all of his stake. He's probably still. I still feel he's just doing it so that he doesn't get crap, which he still will get. Like, let's be honest. Which obviously he'll get. Like, this is not taking. This is not good PR in any sense. Him saying it's not his fault is not good PR. I mean okay let me pull up a comparison here and I know this is a very skewed comparison but I would like to play devil's advocate um there's a lot of projects that not just facebook companies like apple and google buy and then retrofit into their schemes like their marketing schemes uh google glass at one point was a separate company the whole uh, project about what was the modular phone project um uh i forget the name entirely project aura yeah something like that was project, project aura, aura. ara so even that was bought over by google and made something right ara modular phone yes so even yeah, that was ara. later bought over by um google and it was tried like people tried to rebrand it right similarly there's loads of other projects which like uh apple google all of these companies buy rebranded as their own why is it that when facebook does it it's a bad pr move okay so hear me out Oculus did not okay so looking at project Ara which was under Motorola before Google Glass 
which was i don't remember whom it was under mm-hmm. they did not have the traction it required they did not have the market share it required they weren't sustainable which is why it was a boon for them to have google coming in but can you really say the same about oculus oculus was ha- has the maximum market share right now in the vr department oculus wasn't slowing down oculus uh, has the dk2 out which sold a lot yeah this is what i'm getting at Oculus DK2 the development kit 2 was out then uh-huh. and it did sell a good amount i really don't think they needed to sell off to a, a giant like facebook knowing facebook's privacy issues even at that time so i feel it to be a very like uh, anti consumer move but then again there can be a claim saying he did not know this was going to happen but it shouldn't be it definitely shouldn't come as a surprise to him that this happened the acquisition happened in 2014 all the data privacy claims happened in 2016 so i wouldn't put it past him to think that um like facebook is just another company and if someone is so interested in your work and is willing to put in money to create a full product line out of a developer kit i am pretty sure he would jump on it like i get why he sold the company and um even back then um i am just surprised by the fact that even back then he had the like he had the confidence to go out and say that Oculus will remain as it is it will remain as strong a brand as it always had because even like you look at the VR industry and it's like being the biggest fish in a very very small pond like VR is still a very niche industry it's very enthusiast industry even now despite the fact that the lockdown and the like the whole quarantine period has boosted VR and made it a lot more common it's still kind of a big fish small pond situation so kind of coming out and saying that it sold a lot of units does not warrant the fact that it was very sustainable right so i don't see that um the comparison between not something like google glass because that was in general a failure but um i kind of forgot what my original point was but okay so that that's fine that that's that's perfectly fine so i'll i'll so my point here is they def- okay so vr has been an enthusiast market for the past 5 years Six years, if I'm not wrong, Easily, since yes. 2014. Let's just count since DK2 launched because that's what we're talking about right now. So DK2 launched in July 2014, and since then it has definitely not hit the mainstream. But I'm pretty sure it is definitely going to hit mainstream within the next two years, considering the big games that are launching. Medal of Honor is coming out on VR very soon. You have Half-Life Alex, which is pushing VR. I really think VR becomes mainstream within the next two years, and also how accessible it is with the Windows mixed reality headsets. Even the Quest. It's definitely not. Yeah, definitely the Quest. It's definitely not going to be just an enthusiast-led uh, area very for like too much longer. It's definitely coming down to like average consumer level grade stuff. And I think they see that, mm-hmm. and I think that is why the transition happens right now and didn't happen five years ago. because definitely they wanted to grow without any impedance and at this point they are like fair it has grown it's going to keep growing regardless of us like how, like stepping in or not so they just went for it i think from a pure like um from a pure profit making standpoint i think facebook is really smart at this because they kept the name oculus to keep the dissociation from facebook so that when the enthusiast crowd is getting into it they have some level of trust some modicum of trust in there as well as the fact that if oculus screws up at any point it is still called a developer it's like an indie developer mistake and is still getting support from the developers but now when it's when they see that there is a cusp that they are approaching that place where it could hit mainstream could actually explode they are rebranding it as a big money 
mass like a name that's known by the masses so that the so that other companies which will have to do some form of, some level of teaching so other companies will have to do some level of like explaining to do like what is oculus as compared to what is facebook like your point drives well into the fact that they did this now rather than 5 years ago yeah exactly so, and uh, regardless i feel we really uh, along with facebook buying into beat saber i feel they're really in starting to invest in the vr market and definitely gets mainstream very soon and anyway i i don't think we need to dwell on this topic any longer because we don't have anything newer to talk about yeah and we in don't we don't aspect. like talking about big companies so let's talk of about course. coming talking about big companies we have sony last big big, big company is it lomo for today no we've that's, we've touched almost all the big companies of the of the gaming world except microsoft and there's re- nothing really there this week not not this week definitely but there is something anyway so let's get into the sony news so yes. sony is looking into bringing more first party titles to pc death stranding was a hit horizon zero dawn sold well it had issues but anyway, it's still a so, hit Yeah. Anyway, in a corporate report, they said we will explore expanding our first-party titles to the PC platform in order to promote further growth in our profitability, which is perfectly fine. And I really appreciate this move. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's a win for PC users everywhere. Like, uh, think about. I think we talked about this earlier. A God of War anthology or something like a Last of Us coming on the PC will easily make a die. Like. let's just call it a dying profit uh, like god of war is already be milked enough second win on yeah on playstation the last of us has been milked enough on the playstation it's not going to get any more sales but if you put it on the out on the pc you are easily going to get back the money you spent on porting and more everyone who's never Definitely, owned a so. playstation is going to jump on any playstation exclusive right now because that's just a game you never got to access you got all the xbox exclusives but this is just this is great if this happens it's amazing for pc owners definitely this is a very big move for the pc gaming for the overall gaming industry in general sony letting up on their exclusives this is a very big news the only thing, next thing required is nintendo yeah well i hope for a zelda game very soon of course of course and in other in other sony news we have Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart uh, will support lower resolution 60 FPS mode. Yeah, which is which is like an optional thing that they do. They have a higher resolution 30 FPS mode and lower resolution 60 FPS mode. I'm doing air quotes at lower resolution. So I feel this is very like unexpected with Microsoft shoving 120 FPS high refresh rate and whereas Sony on the other hand is blatantly like. We are giving you lower resolution with 60 FPS mode. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I don't get this because I always thought, at least with when the Xbox One X came out and made those claims of 120 FPS, I thought it's a very natural thing for PS PlayStation to go. Yeah, they picked up 120 FPS. That's what we have to do next. If they didn't already do it on the PS4 Pro, they would have to do it on the PS5. That's what I assumed. But apparently, that's not the case. Apparently, they're going to stick to 1080p 60 for their. high fps mode is 60 even like i mean they haven't mentioned 1080p it might as well be 1440 60 for that matter and 4k 30 and 1440 60 sure but then again that's just 60 even then like you look at a game like ratchet and clank which is not a game that's that's great on it's not a flight simulator where 30 fps is great 
it's a game that I mean definitely but you can you can also argue that it does not require 120 fps sure but it's more fun to play more smoother right if you're paying big bucks for a ps5 which is very like which is very likely if you're going to pay upwards of 500 600 and if you convert that to indian money even more definitely so it's definitely i i would have loved to see high fps like actually high fps and not 60 fps on a lower resolution if i assume the indian price for a ps5 to be like considering all the import and stuff like that 50k easy 50 55 i could actually genuinely build a pc that could run higher frame rate on ratchet and clank if it was available like it wouldn't be top like best of best in class but it would be able to run 120 fps so i am not sure what uh they're trying to do because it's not like ratchet and clank is the most demanding game that is yeah especially taking into account their whole strides with the like the ssd thing but okay on a different note i'm actually very happy that they're giving options to have lower resolutions with high frame rates which is kind of becoming the norm that is something i really appreciate mhm but not how many fps they're giving yeah. at this point it's like 60 fps is the norm playing below that is just like makes me cry i'm not even joking horizon zero dawn has 30 fps cut scenes dude L- i tried playing elenoir again and apparently rockstar had cut like rockstar had physically set it to 30 fps because they wanted the game to be cinematic and i just couldn't take it it just felt slow i had to get like a widescreen fixer to like make it force it to run at 60 fps because otherwise it just felt so choppy for no reason even though the game is incredibly smooth it's just set at 30 fps because they wanted a cinematic effect but after you play enough 60 fps games it just becomes and this is the difference between 30 and 60 i am told that the difference between 60 and 120 is even more noticeable that actually even less noticeable really 30 and 60 is way more noticeable it it, it has diminishing returns right so if it's, difference between if it's about as smooth like if there is no okay if it's not so choppy, think of it this way think of it this way there's a difference between 24 fps and 30 fps mm-hmm. which is very noticeable yes 30 fps and 60 fps which is very noticeable again but 60 fps to 120 fps is where the diminishing return starts i have a 75 hertz display which is weird but i do and i can definitely tell you the difference between 60 fps and 75 that's fair but then a friend of mine can't he's like this looks very similar this is hardly any different so definitely diminishing return starts but the difference is like noticeable to most i mean once you've played a six, like once you've played something at 120 fps and for a while 60 fps starts feeling like extremely choppy right yeah definitely that's the whole point so like i get when uh, i don't know like i think uh, sony is just trying to push the fact that like push their luck by saying that console owners don't have higher than 60 fps tvs so why which is also them- pretty fair uh, call for that matter because most TVs don't have high refresh rate more most TVs okay well now the 4K TVs are still 60 fps but at even if you look time. at most 1080p yeah go ahead sorry go ahead go ahead what i'm saying is what i'm saying is most 1080p TVs also don't have 60 fps most of them are actually 50 hertz yeah so it it's fair for them to say most of the user base does not have higher than a 60 hertz monitor as it is but i don't feel that's something they can actually fall back on like, because it's definitely not going to be a cheap console you can't uh, say at one point that 
most people don't have 60 fps tvs that's why we're not making higher refresh rate games but also at the same time launch an entire line of tvs that are made for the ps5 and support high refresh rate so if you're no, prime I, I didn't know about that yeah that's happening so like sony is launching an entire brand of tvs that are like ps5 ready tvs so they'll they'll have like either 8k or 4k resolution 8k on the higher stand i'm guessing so if their prime customer the customer who's buying the ps5 tv with the ps5 won't be able to play more than 60 fps on ratchet and clank then is it really that worth it okay so so hear me out hear me out sony has announced a first batch of their ps5 ready tvs and one of them goes for 4k 120 hertz exactly and and uh, okay so did they mean lower res- so what do they mean by lower resolution at this point if they're talking about 60 fps lower resolution when they have 4k 120 like do they mean the phones or the tv like the normal resolution is going to run at 8k but is how is that lower resolution man <laughs> i mean anyway it's, it's it's all up for interpretation at this point i mean really rather really go yeah on. it's very vague we'd rather wait for further news that i hope they launch anytime soon it's hardly a one to two months before they launch yeah why is there such a content drought in fact like there's no price updates there's only price leaks everywhere and 600 dollars is only like an estimate people have i'm definitely i'm not sure like they better come out with some pricing i don't want to see it on launch day obviously they won't come come out with it on launch day. they'll have pre orders the maximum sales happen on pre orders yeah well okay um okay another like last i think a closing thoughts on this would be uh, on the sony thing would be the horizon zero dawn port was kind of questionable right the port was not completely made for the like made well for the pc there were there was a bunch of issues if they push for a bunch of first party titles coming to pc but the porting is not done well like if they try to cram all the releases before the ps5 launch or something is that like is that going to be negative pr for them or are people still going to just buy all of it for the nostalgia value or something like that okay so since you brought up horizon zero dawn i'll just speak of it in that aspect so what happened with that was as we, as we did mention last episode was that the porting was offloaded to a chinese company mm-hmm. which handled most of the porting which obviously hasn't done a pre- uh, good job in other releases as well but uh, since the release they have actually come with pretty nice patches and they're pretty open with the community about it which i really appreciate so if nothing else this is a saving hurrah for them mm-hmm. and which i feel buys well into the idea of them bringing out more console exclusives onto the pc to be fair virtuous like the company who made the port are they are not bad developers they are only as good as the time they are given right like because i have seen other virtuous games ever ever since i looked up the whole horizon thing half of their games are terrible but half of them are very good so it's really a mixed bag so are we expecting half the games to be like bad optimized and others to be fantastic is this like if they offload it to the same guy i think that's what's going to happen and I, okay so yeah. after this i don't think they offload it to the same guy because of the feedback they're getting and secondly even if they do i i like there's nothing we can talk about honestly here like this is just speculation like look at dead stranding it was an amazing port whereas this on the other hand is completely not that's fair like so it it's still a very mixed bag so i'm not sure how the optimization exactly, will exactly. work but well we one can only hope that it's good because one can only hope and looking at how well the devs of horizon zero dawn are actually com- communicating i i i think it's going to go well honestly yeah let's see
Anyway, so we had Gamescom 2020 this, this week. It was a... How did you like it? How did you find it? Um, I was... We watched most of it. Yeah. I was very excited because for one, there was something new happening. I think we were we expressed our excitement enough last week. Uh, but getting into it, I expected a, quite a lot. And despite Jeff Keighley's like, putting out there um, that don't expect too much out of it, it's not like not too many big game releases and stuff. But what I get from it is one, um, I think they started off with a very high note of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Which was yeah. which looked amazing to me. Like, do you want to touch further on it? Okay, so what I, I'm a big Call of Duty fan. That is how I got into gaming for the most part. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Black Ops and whatnot, and I feel they're really going in a good direction with Black Ops Cold War. But we really don't know. See, Black Ops Three was very controversial. Black Ops Four was very controversial, and this is well technically Black Ops Five. But I feel let's see. It's definitely one of the better Call of Duty games. Okay, so now coming to what they actually showed, they're showing it as a sequel to one of the previous Black Ops, the original Black Ops, right? Yes. Where the characters are same. We have Mason mm-hmm. and some more. I'm just forgetting the name, which is fine. But and it the what I found really interesting was that it has a very strong story. They're finally reinvesting in story, which they didn't last well last refresh. Uh-huh. And it has a non-linear storyline, which is really which I find really interesting. I like the fact that they're pushing for like choice-based gaming here, where they're saying that your choices as a character and like it's not based on your decisions in the game, it's based on what your character does and how your character's story arc is based. So based on the background of your character, you can do entirely different things in a mission, which is, I like that approach. I don't think I've seen that anywhere else. Yeah, it will be very, definitely very interesting to look into. Like it starts, slowly starts feeling like an RPG pushing in, in the <laughs> Black Ops universe. Which is cool. And yeah, I mean, that's also a very bold claim at this point. I mean, see, I, I don't expect too much out of Activision at this point. So I'm not going to hold them at, at any high point. So like, they might as well really mess this up. But I mean, the trailer looked good. If that's anything to go by, which it really isn't. But yeah, well. I mean, I've, I haven't followed up on Black Ops a lot. I played the first one very briefly. Black Ops 3 and 4 just like came and went and I don't even remember them very well. They weren't very popular from what I've been told. Uh, this one, however, like one thing I like about this is that one, they're pushing a very nice storyline. They're pushing for it. And that's something that's odd because like Call of Duty recent, in the recent past has been very focused on multiplayer. Multiplayer. Yeah. And I like that they have a storyline and they're thinking about the story more. Um, I really appreciate that as well. Yeah, like you don't see too many very well, like big name story games, except Cyberpunk. Yeah, because yeah, they had big, like the story back then in Black Ops was pretty big. Yeah. Black Ops and Ghosts, especially Ghosts, it flourished on the story, whereas its multiplayer was like horrible. <laughs> remember, remember the good old days when the stories were great and the multiplayer was horrible? <laughs> of course, of course. Okay. Remember Assassin's Creed having a multiplayer version? Like God, edition. the first few Assassin's Creed multiplayers were so bad. <laughs> they were yeah. just... It was it was what GTA Online... Like, it was their attempt at making a GTA Online, but sucking so hard. An instanced GTA Online, honestly. Yeah. Until GTA anyway, Online so, came around and did it well. Of course, but that's again a discussion for a different episode. Yeah. Anyway, so Little Nightmares 2, so 
the they showed some gameplay in gamescom and it's looking really nice it's basically kind of it's not really a side scroller it's more of a yeah well kind of side scroller but it looks like limbo style and it has a horror aspect which i really appreciate i like the fact that the people are very small and like it's called little nightmares for a reason but like the art style is very attractive to me yeah and it looks really nice the i like i really like the whole horror aspect of it it's really well done and i'm really looking forward to it yeah i mean i i it looks a lot like limbo but it does it does but like it's also it also feels different because like the story the trailer covered so much there was so much story in it that i don't remember it fully at this point like i remember what the art style looks like the whole um bag like paper bag on top of head uh, character and how mm-hmm. like the whole mirrors and tvs thing worked it it's really like it's psychedelic but all in black and white it's it's really cool like i liked it a lot and it it was kind of scary as well i'm a sucker for mm-hmm. horror games but like i also get scared of them it's it's kind of weird <laughs> yeah, the struggle is real i play alan wake then can't sleep whole night huh. ah it's fine i guess okay uh from little nightmares 2 there was also hello neighbor 2 gameplay reveal which didn't happen on opening night but it happened a few days after the problem with the hello neighbor 2 re- gameplay reveal was it was really just the old footage that they showed at the launch recycled here there was literally almost nothing new in fact i played the alpha one and i we talked about that on the first or the second episode and mm-hmm. the alpha one build was newer than the alpha developer build they showed off on the footage so interesting like they showed like the kind of things you can do on it but the fact is the alpha one was flawed in a couple of ways like it had a bunch of bugs and rightly so it's an alpha but um what i don't get is why did they make a name out of like the gameplay reveal here here um if they already if they had nothing new to show it's weird Okay I just have one one uh, question regarding this so the uh, so the release of this is in 2021 uh-huh. uh huh how much of this do you think being an alpha build is going to get fixed because an alpha is pretty far away from a beta as far as i know yeah yeah, yeah. which is also even pretty far away from a full release uh, early access game and then further a early access game is it uh, an early access game. game is technically a beta right uh, arguable but Like bold in, of you to assume <laughs> in our in our paradigm a full release game is generally early access for the first 10 years and then find is 1.0 release but of course looks at factorio looks at satisfactory and factorio questioningly ah, satisfactory hasn't been out for that long sure but it's almost it's so well optimized like i am so it is, it is. i'm it surprised really is. that it's a beta like it's an early access game but like in the general purpose like in for a general purpose argument i would reckon an early access game is a beta and it's not there yet there's a lot of bugs in it and sure like in 6 months they'll probably fix all of it and or like add more content to the world make it more uh, detailed add more tools etc etc and that's fine my question is just that if you don't have new footage to release why release why make take up another spot on gamescom is it just extra footage that you want to put out there because it like people will notice and people will shame you like for lack of a better word for not like for not showing new footage if you take up a slot okay so okay hear me out i feel what was okay so what was do you have any idea on how big the player base was on the alpha 
the uh, the open alpha i do not but it had like a fair amount of people playing it that okay so my 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 thoughts on this is they just want to more, want more people to have a look at it i mean that's fair but i would i would think they did something else like they show at least something else even if they showed just a new alpha one with patch 6 instead of uh like the alpha developer build that would have been nice because the alpha developer build is like predates the alpha one by quite a lot the alpha developer like at least the patch 6 was from august 11th or something so um at least there would be some new something newer if if they came out and said yeah. that we don't have too much new content but this is what we have this is what we fixed you can go play the alpha that would be cool but they didn't they just like recycled the same content almost which is weird but i, I guess mean, i can't blame them too I much i still feel it's i still feel it's fine just it just gets more views at this point and that's definitely there's definitely a very big base to watch gamescom sure i so mean so i feel it's just more marketing for them i just expected that they would do more like i just expected that if they like hello neighbor 2 was mentioned and i would get to see something new or like have more incentive to pick up the alpha but guess not i mean hello neighbor 2 how how small was the alpha it's content not, it's not very uh, it's not very big i would say it's like 2 or 3 hours of content at best um but like the fact that there's so much exploration to do on the map in general and the kind of stuff you can do the physics is built built really well so and that's, that's nice so like there is a lot of things to do on the alpha 1 it's not a lot of content in terms of the main game but sure i mean i don't know like looks like a weird move to me and in like talking about weird moves we have grounded you want to talk about this <laughs> yeah so grounded they released a thank you video on the amount of there are apparently millions of players playing the game currently and they really appreciative of the fan base so they released a whole thank you video saying yeah thank you for playing the game etc and they teased the next expansion which is going to be a bird invasion so basically you're going to see a crow in your game and not just a normal life sized crow like not just a normal crow that sits on the branch and shits on your shoulders or something like that also like we're all at home if you have a pigeon shitting on like if you have a crow shitting on your shoulder you probably should open the windows uh like this this bird is huge because you are very small and i don't you a huge crow and i i'm really i'm really excited to see how you can how, what all you can do to around with it because it's a very grounded is a very open world game it's a very sandboxy game you probably can get on the crow and explore the area which is going to be really interesting to see ooh either befriend the crow or fight it that that's fun i didn't think of that that will be fun that will be fun because i was well we don't have any proper stuff so we are just theory crafting at this point well crafting is a big part of the game so you're going the right way indeed although crows aren't particularly friendly so i wouldn't want to it could be a crow it could just crow. be like a raven all the ravens aren't of course. aren't very friendly either i guess uh one thing is in a world where a spider is a real problem a crow would just be overkill like how does that not break the game if it's an enemy i mean to be fair they probably add more weapons as well sure i mean more long range I, weapons etc i guess they will need to balance it if if it really is an enemy Yeah, that would be fun to watch. Like I am really excited for watching how this game goes. I haven't played it yet. I am going to buy it very soon. But I'm really excited to see where this goes. Definitely. So on a very different 
parallel i'd like to on a different very different tangent i'd like to touch on a new sherlock holmes game so amar have you played the sherlock holmes crime crimes and punishments game you know i haven't me luck you know i haven't i feel you'll really like it because you're really into elenoir and sherlock holmes as in the previous game the crimes and punishments really goes into detail about talking to people looking at their expressions and i feel the new game coming out in 2021 is right up your alley and something you should definitely look at mhm is it a direct sequel to crimes and punishment i don't think they've spoken anything about it yet honestly uh okay the game is by frogware let me just look up crimes and punishment is it by the same uh, well i hope so it it does look pretty yeah, similar honestly it is by frogware so frogware and it's a 2014 game damn it is a pretty old game yeah so they did have a game in the meanwhile i don't i'm not sure but uh if it's by the same developers i expect that like i'm from what i remember of yep. sherlock holmes crimes and punishment it was a very good looking game there was a game in the middle in 2016 uh-huh. sherlock holmes the devil's daughter which i haven't played but which is apparently also pretty good nice. so aman write this up as your my next play games. two games yep definitely cool and another game which i'm going to play next is definitely raji and ancient epic which is based in indian mythology it is finally which, coming to the pc yes finally launching honestly although i have a, a few gripes about this so it's a, a launch exclusive on the switch it's the game is based on indian mythology the main target is the indian audience there is no direct sales of switch in india ha wo like we discussed that last episode also like we can't really, okay so can't really do much. let's not get into it again then but uh, it's definitely on my watch list it will be coming to other platforms in october 2020 i like there was and some new gameplay launch on on games yeah and it was some nice combat gameplay with a boss i guess looks pretty nice i although like uh, request you all to check it out i loki expected it to look more like uh, something like the witcher or how black king black kong wukong but what was the name wukong i'm sorry I'm sorry all the Chinese viewers are going to be mad about this but <laughs> yes black, yeah the okay. one person black myth wukong black myth wukong I'm very sorry <laughs> yeah so I expected the like I low key expected it to be like black myth wukong where this like where it looks like a witcher game or something like that but I can't really like I didn't know what it looks like in the get go and I can't really like blame them for having it their way so uh, but also there's a big difference in the amount spent to make a game look like the witcher or black myth wukong you need an insane amount of money whereas this is just an indie developer you can argue black myth wukong is also by an indie developer but it's an indie developer based in china and this is an indie developer based in india i mean this is an indie developer which is not backed by anyone the chinese group probably exactly. had a lot of funding like i mean it's china they probably have funding money coming out of their ears okay i don't know the stereotype about chinese being rich but i'll take that uh okay so what i like about raji and ancient epic is one that it's an indian game and the fact that it's an all indian game just makes it a great like that enough that is enough of a selling point for it to become a best seller because there is a big indian gaming community definitely like, but how how much of that is on the switch or not on the switch but they're launching for uh let's just call it that their official launch on all platforms is october 15th So after that they're going to like get into mainstream media right so once Definitely. they do i have a feeling that one of two things will happen and i'm not considering the third scenario where they don't sell because i really don't see it happening 
one would be that uh, it becomes a great hit and um like the people the people like the people even stuff like politics and shit will come and embrace the game and say that this is an all indian game we are going into like we are getting into uh like self reliance and stuff like that we are making our own games we are making our own content we are independent of the western powers etc etc all that kind of jazz or it's going to go in the way of that there is probably one historical inaccuracy in the game which gets picked up and misconstrued and the whole thing becomes extremely controversial either way they're going to sell a lot of copies i have a feeling this is going at to this, become a hit yeah at this point it's not just based in india due to how much like media attention it's getting so i feel it it will do pretty damn well really if not glad. in india at least like in fact i see so many people in the indian gaming community going please don't pirate this game please support the developers which is not a very indian thing to say i mean we talk about reddit honestly I mean, we shouldn't really go by people on reddit saying don't buy it doesn't please it buy it my bad yeah. don't pirate it they'll probably be the first ones to retweet the crack whatever so <laughs> that's fair but please please don't buy it please don't buy i'm it. sorry please don't pirate <laughs> please don't pirate i'm it. not even going to cut this out this this stays definitely this stays this stays okay and i think one of one of our last updates for okay, gamescom so, yeah so my last update for our last update for gamescom is going to be about spellbreak i've actually been looking at this game for the past few years and i've been very interested in this game so what this basically is is this is a battle royale game this was gaining traction early when pubg was very new to the market so and i feel at this point is getting kind of old but their their twist on it is basically you don't have weapons you have abilities everybody spawns with one ability which is one element and then you can combine it with other elements which you get from the enemies that you kill mm-hmm. so if you have fire you can like drop fireballs and then if you have uh electricity and then you can combine the two to drop a meteor which has both fire and electricity and it's really cool so that's really something which is on my watch list which i i'm really looking forward to playing which is which launches on the september 3rd right that's that's literally like a week away at best probably this is at best this is by the time we release within a few podcast, days of the launch yeah yeah by the time uh, we release this podcast it probably be out definitely It's definitely something I'm looking forward to. I request you all to check it out as well. So, okay. Like I think this these were our highlights for Gamescom 2020. What were your overall thoughts on the opening night live since, you know, everyone watches the opening night live and expects the biggest stuff. What was your thought? Like I mean, it was kind of disappointing, but I feel uh we really shouldn't be considering that too much because Jeff Keely did mention that it not to have too high hopes. Mm-hmm. but it was definitely a nice uh, break in monotony of the past like not having events for a while you know what i realized was like after looking at the list of games that came out on onl on opening night live there was dragon age 4 which we didn't cover but like it didn't really need an explanation anyway there was just a simple launch trailer of what dragon age would look like then there was also it was ea's way of teasing their game which i find really weird yeah we, there was like um there was a star wars quadrants game there was a sims 4 dlc again another dlc got done there was call of duty black ops cold cold war there was 12 minutes that uh, top down game that we were all very 12 minutes is looking really nice honestly yeah it, it was a very cool game then there was this one game that i keep forgetting the name of there was a real time strategy game where you have 30 seconds to set up traps in an area 
and then in the next 30 seconds your opponent goes through that area your himself uh i think it's named something like lemnis gate uh and that was really cool i found that like there was also medal of honors vr game um and lemnis gate isn't a real time strategy it's a strategic first person shooter matlab are you sure it's not turn based it is a turn based it is it is turn based it's a turn based strategy shooter is it I think so. It's okay, not a real-time okay. strategy, but it's turn-based for sure. Because I was really surprised at the fact that turn-based games are still capturing the market and are big, like getting big releases. There was oh damn, it is turn-based. There was also Age of Empires three definitive edition, dude. Like a lot of things went underappreciated in in opening night live. I can't really take away credit because uh, like like despite all this, Jeff Kelly did say that don't expect too much out of it. Age of Empires 3 definitive edition was pretty big. I'm glad they're bringing it back and I hope they fix the game for what it was. I hope they just don't like do what they did with AoE 2 because with AoE 2 what they did was right where they didn't change a lot of the things that the fans wanted. Uh like they didn't change a lot of the things because the fans just wanted the old game with newer graphics. With AoE 3 people have complaints. Definitely. So I would be happy if they fix stuff rather than like even with AoE 2 they did fix some stuff they did like bring up a lot of quality of life improvements here Definitely. i hope they do more than just like repackage the game in 4k graphics so yeah well there was also like a mafia remaster right but that was in the later days yeah that's been that's been touted for a while though yeah and it's re- looking really nice though so really hyped for that as well so gamescom was quite a quite a wild ride it's still going on though like today's the last day on like, on the day of speak. shooting yeah yeah today the cosplay contest and the awards right yes yes uh, yes the awards for that is this was all that's left well, overall it was a nice event considering the lockdown and the fact that otherwise if this was a normal year gamescom would have more big name releases but more big name games are doing their own events instead and obviously more hardware releases as well i mean gamescom usually has a bunch of hardware releases didn't uh, be- like all announce announcements actually wasn't there going yeah, to be a new a nintendo switch announcement no that's what we were hoping for but uh, there is really nothing yet there's been rumors of a new nintendo switch coming next year but nothing set in stone yet mm yeah there's literally nothing and people are really expecting it to come out on gamescom and even like i was expecting ps5 pricing to come out on gamescom because why do a separate press release for it right just bank on so many gamers watching at one time but i, I feel they're so. still playing the cat and mouse chase like sony and microsoft they're still Waiting trying to nudge the other person to yeah. yeah the other person to announce theirs first so that they can undercut them directly which i mean it's fair they're just going to do scummy, it scummy but it's fair they're going to do it two weeks before the event and they're going to do it together we all know that yeah Yeah, of course. Anyway, so in today's segment of segment of what did you do, Ubisoft? I feel like Ubisoft does things a lot, and this needs to be a different segment now. Ah, I know, right? Elite Squad. So Elite Squad, the trailer of Elite Squad launched a day or two back. So uh, and uh, Elite Squad is this Tom Clancy game, which has been like a thing of conversation for a very long time, where people said that Tom Clancy needs to have a um, mobile game, and Elite Squad was the answer. Now Elite Squad in its startup screen shows a video a trailer that's about a minute or two long and the video really just shows the story of how the Elite Squad came to be where um people so the story follows somewhere on the lines of there is a lot of civil unrest and the people are ra- like citizens of the country are rallying against the government 
holding up signs that uh, show a black fist pointing upwards. Um, and it is very clearly shown in the video. They're not referencing anything per se, but it's very clear. And the squad that the elite squad that's being built is apparently a part of a counter-terrorist uh, something. So, the, something. It's, yeah. so the story goes some, somewhat like there's this uh, group of people called the Umbra who are causing the civil unrest. And what they really want to do is dominate the world, blah, 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 whatever. So what the elite squad is basically doing is they're aimed to take down the Umbra, which and, is yeah, and made of people, I guess. I don't, I don't and by know. extension, civil unrest. Yeah, and by extension, civil unrest. And surprisingly, the Black Fist looks very similar to the Black some Lives other movement. movement relevant currently. I yes. mean, let's just cut, like, they cut the crap here. <laughs> What what happened is people associated the civil unrest thing with the Black Lives Matter movement. And then um, Ubisoft got a lot of crap for saying, for basically putting out in a trailer saying that we will take down people who are supporting the Black Lives movement. Which is not a great message to have for a company. I mean, they, that's not what the message they're saying explicitly when you consider the fact that they've previously said that our games are not political, don't have any political angle to them. But, but you know, you after a point, that's just a statement. Yeah, like when you put out a logo that's so, so similar to that, and even if you had different uh, different intentions in mind, maybe you didn't have malice in mind. I think showing a video to a third person and taking their opinion would probably fix this kind of issue. Like if I have a movie coming out, I would probably show it to one guy and say, "Is this, does this look okay? Does this not blatantly look like I'm trying to oppose uh, uh, anti-racism yeah movement. how does this get through <laughs> yeah how does this get through were there no auditors available that day i mean and like i mean ubisoft to their credit said in their latest statement that they're going to take the blackface logo off from the trailer and the game and it's all chill now. i mean should have never happened in the first case but exactly i mean i guess they learned their lesson i don't even know uh, the whole premise of the game seems very out of whack but, um, yeah, like I'm not sold on the game very much, but I mean to each their own. I don't. I'm not sold on most games that way. Nice. Yeah. Uh, like considering the fact that I play Rainbow Six Siege a lot, I'm not sold on Elite Squad at all. Like it just feels too different, even if it has the same characters. It is. It is definitely very different. So one of our final topics for the day is um, fine. There's a launch of the next developer diary of Monster Hunter World. Iceborne, which is how they launch their next expansions. Uh And this is going to be called the final stand. And it's going to bring a fan favorite monster called Fatalis from Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. And I'm really looking forward to this. I'll probably be picking the game up again and playing through it and getting caught up. Haven't played it in a while. You start playing it like a month ago and you played it a lot, I remember. I have played it a bunch. I have indeed played it a bunch. I, I just need to catch up on the last few monsters. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It's, I, I see this going well. Like, I've watched very little of Monster Hunter World. I, like, I understand the series very little, but from what I, from what you've told me before, uh, fan favorite monsters, like, fan favorites are always a good thing and new monsters mean new content Definitely. here. So, new monsters. And the community was overjoyed seeing Fatalis. I'm not even joking. That's cool. So, like, that's a good win really for... Good. See, that's the, like, that's the good thing about, like, one game being built on the backs of like previous successful games that you can just keep bringing back fan favorites. Yeah. Sadly that, and you know, sadly that didn't work out for Ubisoft. 
and that's a reference anyway, to so the splinter cell zero thing that happened last squad? week also elite squad for that matter i mean fair although like to be fair is r6 like is rainbow six siege really a loved game at this point <laughs> like do people love it or do people hate it we don't know it hasn't reached dota levels of hate but it's certainly up there yeah anyway so uh, one last thing i wanted to speak about ponster uh, hunter world was it's really nice to see a japanese developer doing so well uh-huh. uh because monster hunter world has been doing amazingly on the pc that has practically become their first uh their topmost market it's been developed it's developed by capcom right so how often do you hear of a of this big of a capcom game gaining traction on the pc i remember capcom from like the arcade game days definitely i mean i also remember capcom from resident evil to be fair oh right and devil may cry but definitely nothing on the levels of monster hunter world to be fair resident evil whenever it comes out is quite quite a hit definitely that's also true mm, okay and Anyway, our last topic for the day is one that I have always been very intrigued by is Control. Control, the remedy game that uh, did really good at marketing. um, And that's a reference to the Alan Wake episode. And I like to call it the Alan Wake episode because that's all I remember from it. Uh, Nice. So Control was an Epic Games Store exclusive until now. But on 27th August, that was about a week ago from the launch of this episode, uh it ended its epic contract now it's out on steam and gog which is very cool and it also happened to like launch their first expansion on 27th so they did bring out new content for steam and gog as well which is really cool like i love that like controls marketing is work- working out really well for them because first they get an epic store epic game store launch then they announce a new content pack and announce a steam launch which is great marketing to begin with and then they call it uh, the alternate world expansion and push in Alan Wake in there. It's and bring it to GOG. Honestly, it to that GOG. is one of my biggest wins. Yeah, like the number of things that just fell in place for them. Like this is one of the best marketing plans I've seen from a game in a while. Like they are they are bringing back the enthusiasts who gave up on them after their sellout to Epic. They brought back all the nostalgia fanat- like fanatics. who were disappointed by quantum break maybe who thought this is not alan wake and now they're just giving them alan wake they're giving new content on steam they're coming out on gog which is like it's great like i like what they're doing out here indeed this i feel this will uh, work really out work out really well for them and like and the new control i feel i'll finally player, yeah yeah i'll i think i'll finally play control now that it's on <laughs> steam and gog now that i actually have options and <laughs> anyway so that that's it for this week that clears out our stance on the epic versus apple thing huh of course <laughs> of course that's i guess that's really it for this week huh that is so how one of our longer episodes yeah. definitely how do we do our, how do we do the ending this time do we just cut it in between